0: You're listening to the Always Be Booked Caribbean Cruise and Orlando Vacation CruiseCast with your host, Tommy Casabona.
1: All aboard and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Always Be Booked CruiseCast show coming to you not quite live from New York City. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to find, download, and listen to the show as we cover anything and everything relating to cruising. Welcome aboard ladies and gentlemen, a uh, lot to do this week, we've been a little little while since we've come at you, uh, hopefully you guys have been enjoying the uh, cruise flashes, uh, I'm going to try to continue with those, I had a couple in mind but I didn't want to drop another one of those before I gave you a real always be booked episode since uh, I don't want you guys to think I'm slipping too much and I'm just going to be relying on these little cruise flashes, so here we go, we got a new episode at the top of the show as usual, I would like to invite you. To join the Always Be Booked Cruisers Lounge. It's a Facebook group. Check us out. Very, very important. Uh, We have a cool little community. I would like to see it grow a little bit more. So tell your friends, add your friends, uh, anybody who likes cruising, let them know about the Always Be Booked Cruisers Lounge on Facebook. It is a group, not a page, not a uh, friend page or whatever personal page. It is a a group. And that's just kind of, we do that because it makes it a little bit more. I guess you can have a little bit more interactivity with that. Also, Instagram. I don't know what's going on with Instagram, man. They changed that algorithm, and I do not have time to be sitting around learning these algorithms. I used to be getting like 70 likes, 125 likes, 110 likes. Man, I'm down to like 30 to 50 likes. I don't know what's going on. So anything you guys can do to help me out on Instagram would be appreciated. And that you could just find, just look up, search Always Be Booked on Instagram. Uh, The emails, you guys, great job this week. We got a good segment for emails. We were a little bit light last week, or last segment, I should say, and last episode, I should say. And uh, I challenged you guys, and you guys answered the call. And yes, we do have some emails this week. We'll be able to get back into the the game with that. And uh, to round it out, just please, if you do get a chance to review and uh on iTunes and subscribe and then most importantly just if you know or like or know anybody who likes cruising or know anybody who likes travel podcasting or whatever just please recommend the show to them huge help thank you okay that is out of the way now we got a ton of stuff on the docket for today. The uh, topic, the main topic for the show, is going to be uh, cruise ship security. And why is it cruise ship security? Because it's just weird. I guess there's just been a couple of incidents where uh, you know there's been some out of line. Let's just call it rowdy cruisers, some meathead cruisers. They can't help themselves. You guys know I did an episode. Don't be that cruise guy. Listen. I told you guys, I understand the meathead mentality. I'm from the South Shore of Long Island, played football all growing up. And, you know, I was a little bit of a clown and a little bit of an idiot kind of my first couple of years before I left Long Island. I like to think those days are mostly behind me. But I do get it. I do get it. Can you kind of go out? You know, even if you have that in you, I know people that have it in them. What you have to do is check that out. At the door, Check that at the gangway, my friend. I don't care. I don't care if you have idiots out there who are trying to test you. You're always going to be dealing with somebody. You're on vacation. This is a uh, very, very, let's just call it an ambiguously le- legislated body of government when you're in the middle of the ocean between two countries, three countries, two or three islands on a cruise ship that you don't even know where is flagged from. The legislation boundaries can become very ambiguous so just for that reason alone and the fact that you're on vacation too you know what go back home and be a tough guy when you get home but when you're on a cruise shut it down like i said when i go on a cruise i like to think that uh, again it's been tested a couple of times because you know there's alcohol involved you got these unlimited drink packages and you know sometimes what are you gonna do But you like to think that you won't like to think that you checked out at the door and you kind of, you know, let the cooler heads prevail and just keep telling yourself you're on vacation. I want to wake up tomorrow in St. Martin and I want to see the sunrise and I do not want to be sitting in some holding cell. I don't want to be being escorted off the ship. I don't want to have a black eye that I got to friggin' deal with. I don't want to deal with any of that stuff. Let's just cruise and let's enjoy ourselves and let's just be courteous to others all of our, you know, be courteous, you know, say excuse me, say please, get out of people's way, even if you're dealing with an asshole, do the right thing, all right, but that's pretty much it, like I said, we do have a lot to talk about on this show, so uh, let's get into the cruise news,
0: so I'm
1: Aside from all the wackiness that went on with these, uh, what do you want to call them, battleships, heavily kind of in the South Pacific, the Australia area, there was some good news this past week, and that means good news for the left coast, you know I mean, the west coast, Long Beach, California, ladies and gentlemen, home of the legendary rapper and herbal enthusiast Snoop Dogg, this is actually pretty big, guys, the Carnival Panorama. Which is the third ship in Carnival's Vista class will be home porting at the newly refurbished terminal that is mostly associated with the Los Angeles market, and that is, like I said, Long Beach. Uh, I've never been to that terminal, but I know a lot of the, uh, you know, a lot of people were out there and uh, covering it on hand for the, I guess, the announcement and then the opening of the newly renovated Carnival section of the Long Beach terminal. I got to say, this is about time, for real. I'm really, really happy for the cruise community out there because despite having an army of enthusiastic cruisers, I don't know. The bigger, newer ships never really seem to make it out west. And we'll start with Norwegian. Uh, The Bliss is going to be out there. And now Carnival Panorama. The west coast is finally Getting some well-deserved love from the cruise industry. I'm actually looking very much forward to hearing how much they like it and, you know, the new toys they get to play with, you know. Sailing on all these, you know, these are beautiful ships they have out there, ladies and gentlemen. The princess cruise uh, the cruise ships and a lot of carnival heavy presents out there. Uh, you know, even some Norwegian and, you know, but, but they don't necessarily ever get the real new bills and you know i'm hoping they're like kids in a candy store when you know the norwegian bliss who if it's anything like the escape now we talked about it before i'm not a huge fan of the of the bumper car system that we have up there but uh it's still going to be a beautiful ship and if it's anything at all like the escape they are going to love it so the carnival panorama will begin sailing out of there in late 2019 until then though and again, this is grounds for more congratulations. The Carnival Splendor will be doing Mexican Riviera sailings from there as well. Since uh, many of you know, that's big news for me because, you know, the Splendor is one of my all-time favorite ships. I get a lot of flack for that sometimes. People are like, why do you love the Splendor so much? I don't, I don't get it. And I get why you would ask that. But first of all, just the size. It is a perfect size ship, around 3,000 passengers. So it's not quite a mega ship. Well, not, not Remotely a mega ship, but it's also not a little ship, small ship. It's just a very, very, to me, a ship that's easy to kind of get around. Probably because I know where everything is, also, just because I've been on it five times. And I uh, just love that pool deck in the back. And I love uh, the nightclub setup, one of the best nightclub layouts at sea. And then just something about that Lido deck with the pizza and the, you know, it goes from the deck parties to the movie nights to everything else. They close that thing up. It has a real intimate smell i've told you guys about that chlorine pizza smell you get the chlorine from the pool and the delicious baked pizza and the tomato sauce it's just oh it's nice i just love it i love the splendor man i don't know what to tell you yes it is half familiarity i will give you that but for whatever reason i just love it so the splendor will be on the west coast and you know enjoy that until you get the big boys the bliss and the panorama so that's pretty much uh have you guys ever heard of uh Royal Caribbean's Symphony of the Seas. If you haven't, that's somewhat understandable since it hasn't been sailed on yet, but it did get one step closer to sailing this week by completing 80 that's right, 80 hours of sea trials between February 15th and February 18th. Uh, she looked absolutely superb as she completed 1,000 nautical miles. It's funny how the sea trials are. It's like the NFL combines, right? The sea trials, you send them out, you put them out there, sail a thousand miles. It's almost like the the NFL combine or the pro day for like quarterbacks, a bunch of scouts out there looking around. They got pieces of paper out there taking notes, deciding, is this thing as good as everybody says it is? And uh, apparently, the Symphony of the Seas did not disappoint at all. There will be another round of sea trials for the Symphony in late March just to test out the ship's final nautical performance parameters. And uh, she'll be ready to go. She'll be properly named, christened, and then she will take her place as the new world's largest cruise ship. So... I don't know. What do you guys think? I always kind of have that debate. That's one of the biggest age-old debates, too. You know, Big ship versus little ship. All these ships getting too big. I did the Oasis. Yeah, I kind of did think it was a little bit too big. I don't know. Could have been just the sailing. I think maybe one try on that. May not have said the whole story, but at the same time, while... The Escape is considered a mega ship. It's not quite the size of Oasis, but it's a mega ship, and I had an absolutely perfect cruise on the Escape. So I don't know if it's necessarily the size of the ship, but it's maybe just the I don't know the culture of the ship and what the cruise line does to kind of keep things intimate and keep things. I don't know one of the things like I said on the Oasis is that I feel like you know it's a it's an atmosphere that's conducive for mm, not necessarily getting the best personal service. Because I think when you have a, a system or a setup where people are coming and going, and you may not even see the same people, you may not see the same bartenders, you may not see the same whatever department, you know, you're maybe less likely to that to tip maybe it's going to be less personal just because you know you don't see people as much you are not as familiar as opposed to when you go to the carnival splendor you go to the back of the ship and you see that same bartender shout out to dan when he was back there and i knew he was going to know me and i was going to know him and my drink was going to be ready and it was going to be given to me with a smile and i was going to give him that tip you know that relationship you enter into and it's just not necessarily there on uh, at least on the oasis of the seas i'm sure there's a way you can make it happen. I'm sure that there's a way that, you know what, you could take that into consideration and you can kinda like make it a little bit of a focus point, you know, for your for your staff, for the crew. Listen, you know what they say about us, right? They say we're impersonal. They say we don't give great service. Let's uh let's make it a goal. Next four weeks, we're gonna be the best, you know, and that kinda like starts a little bit of a um, it starts a little bit of a trend because they do it a they start doing it and they start being personal and nice and giving good service because they have to. That's why it begins, but then they keep doing it because they see the results. They see the tips coming in, and they see everything. And ladies and gentlemen, please, and I know I'm a service industry guy, so this is going to be coming from me. So take that with a grain of salt, but always tip your bartenders. Give them a little bit extra. Of course, you have the gratuities that – or, you know, you have to pay the $13, 14 per person per day or whatever. That's included in the cruise fare. But have some extra money on the side for those people who do. And it doesn't have to be a lot because some people don't. Some people don't tip. Some people actually remove those gratuities. I guess you can do that. But, um, you know. More importantly, have a couple of dollars aside to just reward people and let them know that they, you know, just reward people for a job well done. So what else? So, yes, yeah, she's going to be the world's largest cruise ship. Hope, Hopefully, they do have a little bit of a personal touch. I'm sure the first, you know, five months of that sailing, is, those sailings are going to be incredible. Um, all right. Speaking of incredible new mega ships that don't technically exist yet, we just touched on it a minute ago, the Norwegian Bliss was let out of the garage for a few minutes to see if she floats. Ladies and gentlemen, we have buoyancy. And I am not talking about a pop star who married Jay-Z. <laughs> Bliss will be the newest megaship from Norwegian and will be uh, the new pride of its Breakaway Plus class. She will hold 4,200 passengers and will unprecedentedly debut in in her home port of Alaska in just a few months. As we said before, she will then make her way down to L.A. and spend some time giving the mega ship starved West Coast a bit of love. Uh, interesting that they are bringing a brand-new build to Alaska. So this is different, you know what I mean? I think this is in the wake of a few things maybe uh, – orig- I don't know. Were they originally trying to say that? I heard on a uh, cruise radio – Doug said it, um, and uh, he had Stewart on. I think it was Stewart or it was um, – it could have been Cherry. One of them was saying that maybe this is because the demand in China wasn't what they originally thought it was going to be. I don't know. I don't know if that's what it is. Or if, they, if they said it on that show, like listen, Doug, Doug and Cruise Radio and Stewart and those guys over there, especially Doug's show, has never steered steered you wrong. I guess that's what it is. Brand new build is home porting in Alaska and another one is home porting in LA. So that's some definite, definite changes to the industry. And uh, honestly, I don't know. i'm happy i'm happy that that's happening instead of china no offense to china i just i'm not anywhere near china so i'd rather see these new beautiful shiny toys come our way um all right moving on i'll be honest with you guys when it comes to uh cruise ships private islands i sometimes find myself a little apathetic you get out you get off the ship of course you get that screensaver level landscape beautiful salty air and it's just the epitome of relaxation and just pure bliss But once you've taken that all in, to me, myself, not being a huge sunbather, I do tend to get a little restless. Uh, The truth is, however, some of them are great. Some of them have an impeccable reputation. The ones that come to mind to me are Labadee, Haiti. Awesome, awesome private island island, not private island, private resort, you'd say. Disney's Castaway K, 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 Kai, Ku, whatever come into play. Uh, those two are just without a doubt probably the top of the line when it comes to private islands, but you also hear a lot about Princess Kays, uh, owned by parent company Carnival Corporation. Princess Case has just completed some renovations and some enhancements that will be a welcome upgrade to its loyal guests. One of the main things it will offer is the Medallion technology that Princess has been pioneering for a while now on select ships. You can kind of be familiar with the Medallion technology. It's wearable technology that can enable you to interactively plan your entire day. You can receive items, you could book excursions, you could pay for them right on your medallion. Could actually, I heard you could actually receive food and beverage, you know, no matter where you are on the ship, you could just say I want a rum and coke and somebody shows up with a rum and coke wherever you are, which is I mean, it's awesome. It's a little weird, a little creepy, but it's awesome. This is unprecedented. They introduced this on Princess K's, and that's the first time that technology has been extended onto the island as well. Nothing like this has ever been offered as part of a cruise experience. Aside from upgrading the bars, shopping, landscape, uh, the infrastructure. They also added a bunch of new shore excursions, including a guided kayak tour through a beautiful lagoon and an island bike adventure. What they also did was put together a uh, water sports rental setup uh with new equipment available and they'll be introducing a new stingray experience where guests can hold, feed, and play with real life stingrays, sort of like they do on that Grand Cayman at Stingray City. You know, those are, those are real popular, it seems like, you know, everybody, you know, if you ever go to Grand Cayman, that's what they tell you to do. We didn't do it. It's not I don't know. I would try it. I would definitely I would definitely be into it. It's not the thing I would most gravitate to. Uh, maybe I don't know. Freaks me out a little bit swimming around stingrays flopping around. I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. Does the uh, you know what's that guy's name? The uh, oh Steve Irwin. The, he got killed. I'm sure. Again, that's a freak thing. I heard that there was a thing where he got behind it. Or he approached it the wrong way. Whatever. Save all that stuff. Yeah, it does that. That would that would be on my mind if I was swimming around with these stingrays. I would still do it though. It's just not something I'm jumping towards. But uh, the only problem with Princess K keys, whatever it is. To me, I don't know. It's still a tender port. They don't have a, uh, they didn't build a dock there. But again, listen, what are you going to do? You can't have it. I heard they did make some upgrades to the, uh, I guess, some of the tender boats so they could fit more people and kind of get people on and off the tender boats a little bit more easily. So that's cool. All right, let's move over to Cuba. Norwegian Cruise Line is expanding its Cuba portfolio by, an, by announcing new sailings to the formerly off-limits destination in the form of the Norwegian Sun. Uh, from September through October, there will be six seven-day sailings that will also stop in Great Stirrup Cay, Costa Maya, and Belize as well. This is out of control. Now uh, they're doing that, that's six sailings right there, but they're also doing a nine and a 13 day sailing. This one I just noticed right now, and it looks like an absolute dream. Let me see if I could pull it up real quick. was uh, chatting back and forth with my buddy Chris, who you guys remember from a couple of the interviews, and uh, I was throwing this at him. The only problem is is that you know. It's not necessarily going to be a pocket-heavy cruise. But this is a 13-day cruise out of Miami, round-trip, so it's a closed loop. And it starts in Miami. Next day, Havana, Cuba, from 8 a.m. to 12 midnight. I mean, that's a full day in Cuba. Then you get a sea day. Right after that, you get Harvest Cay, Belize, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. following day, Roatan, uh, Honduras. 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., pretty straightforward, right? No big deal. Okay, after that, you get another day at sea. Then you're going to Puerto Limon, Costa Rica, 7 a.m. to 4 p.m., and then you're hitting the Panama Canal. You're not doing a full transit. It's a uh, partial transit, and then you'll hit Cologne in Panama, And that's actually from 5 to 8 p.m. So that's the only problem I always have with these Panama Canal cruises is that it's a three-hour stop there. I would like to get out and be able to do some tours of the locks and stuff like that. Um, But you get back on at 8. So, okay, that's a full cruise right there. Let's go back to Miami, right? Wrong. Absolutely not. Now we're going to Cartagena, Colombia from 12 noon to 6 p.m. Yeah, you hear mixed reviews about Cartagena. But, listen. I want to touch soil in South America. I would absolutely love to do that. So that would be worth it alone for me. Then uh, Santa Marta in Colombia as well, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. the next day. And now they're shooting you over to Aruba, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. in Aruba. Then that's the last port that you're going to hit. And then you get two sea days, and then you are back in Miami. So, I mean, talk about a dream cruise. Yeah, it's going to be a wacky cruise because, you know, 13 days – you, you kinda gotta bring your own fun with you probably. There's not gonna necessarily be too many uh late night partiers and rebel rouses going on, but at the same time, so what? Yeah, it's you know, that's the type of uh, cruise and it's on the Norwegian sun, so that's nothing to write home about either. But you are on a intensely, intensely itinerary driven cruise and I would absolutely love to do that. So in addition to the 13-day and the 9-day and the 6-7-day sailings that we talked about going to Cuba, Norwegian Cruise Line has also added a new 5-day cruise to Cuba and the Bahamas from Port Canaveral on September 3rd. Uh, This new cruise will round out the ship's season of sailing from the Space Coast with an afternoon visit to Key West, Florida. Then it will head to Havana for an overnight visit and uh followed by a call in Great K in the Bahamas. And then it'll go back to uh, Port Canaveral. It doesn't mention here what ship that's on, uh, but I don't know. Maybe it's the sun as well, but that's the last one of the season. So that's where they'll wrap it up. All right, a topic we've covered a bunch of times in other news stories on the show is ships being built by Virgin Voyages. That's right, the new cruise line is coming out called Virgin Voyages. And uh, you know the company. They previously specialized in airplanes and record albums (laughs) and record stores. I wonder what direction they're going to go in after they have to close down the cruise line. I am kind of kidding with that, but I might not be considering the – direction you know and the demise of the previous business ventures is virgin airline still around i don't even know i know alaska air bought it but do they still kind of operate it i know they're predicting a uh, virgin america is predicted to be shutting down in the next couple of months because of just less demand or whatever or just whatever the business model isn't working out but um <clears throat> i don't know so now they're heading towards the cruise industry let's just say they're going to be in good shape for a while uh, if this if there's any actual if you could take anything from this story several weeks ago uh, even though their maiden ship just began construction virgin voyages offered a set number of reservations to be pre-sold well into the spring. So they were going to sell these things into this coming spring. Uh, Those plans changed because on how quickly they seemed to be selling out. The demand was huge. They sold more than they thought they would. And you know what? They don't want to sell out of the ship two, three years in advance. So they shut down the presale several weeks uh, quicker than they thought they would. So as of Valentine's Day, the $500 uh, in reservation fees you could pay We're officially taken off the market. All right, that's going to be it for the cruise news this week. So let's get into the main topic for the show. Countdown to
0: vacation. I can feel it come round. round. Looking forward to the sea breeze, palm trees, and tropical sundowns. A little vacation. Let the problems drown. At the bottom of my glass. And let the stress go
1: down. All right, so we said that that was it for the cruise news. And uh, we—that that is true, but we did tell you a little bit of a white lie. I did kind of transfer two stories over, uh, only because they kind of fit with the main topic of the show. And of course, you guys know the wheels are always spinning here at uh, Always Be Booked. So we wanted to be a little topical with the main topic. Since these were two major stories, we wanted to maybe tie in the main topic of the show to the story. So p the Pacific Explorer, left out of left out of Balmain for a three-day round-trip vacation last week. Um, it was cut short. It had to turn back to Bradley's head, and the police had to get involved. And at that point, seven people were escorted off the ship. Unfortunately, a brawl broke out, and it was about a thirty-minute brawl in all. Those involved were eventually detained and put onto uh, cells. You know they have the cells on board, and the ship turned around and it headed back to Sydney. These people, these seven people, have been banned from P&O for life, as well as all cruise lines associated with the brand, which you guys know or may not know, does include several brands, including. Carnival, uh, So these people are not allowed to go on a carnival cruise, P&O cruise, what else? Uh, Cunard cruise. What else is under that umbrella? Princess. So they can't cruise. They got to go uh, knock on Royal Caribbean's door or Norwegian. or Norwegian, Royal Caribbean, I-, I don't suggest you letting these people on. All right, so a highlight of the brawl was when a witness confirmed that a woman smashed a bottle of champagne over a man's head. Apparently in Australia that it's known as glassing did happen. <laughs> It happens so often that they kind of give it a short little cute term for it. Oh, I got glassed. She glassed her. And that refers to the action of smashing a bottle of something over somebody's head. I guess they're doing that on a regular basis if they're coming up with nicknames for it anyway her and her boyfriend were escorted off the ship via police boat the other group were also taken off the ship but in a separate police boat so that's rule number one they handle that right you don't bring them off and uh, put them on the same tender ship to get them off the uh, or the police ship police boat to get them off the ship uh, the in- the incident took place near the casino and apparently it was over a group of guys harassing a couple of young ladies who were uh, getting their groove on and dancing and they just didn't want to be bothered security did intervene but apparently these gentlemen did not appreciate being told to stop and some light shoving took place little back and forth shoving which is how it always starts isn't it then apparently more people started emerging and joining the fray what was going on is that little Little skirmishes would kind of, you know, it was like, you know, those touch and go things where something could boil over or maybe cooler heads would prevail. You don't know at that point, but what was going on, I heard, was that people were leaving the group, finding other people that they knew where they were, and like, let's say, other parts of the ship that were nearby, bringing them back, and then that would kind of re-ener- re energize the brawl, and that was happening. And then the, the punches were thrown, actually, security personnel. I heard were taking on punches as well uh, it seems as though the fight would have gotten broken up but you know like I said people were fueling the fire by bringing other people into the fray and they would kind of charge in with all sorts of aggression and Nicole kind of had steam, and you know anyway when control was finally gained once and for all the captain stepped in and ordered the offenders to jail and then he also shut down the casino. Uh, That would piss me off, man. Some of the witnesses were relieved that the casino was shut down because apparently they were losing a lot of money. (laughs) That's what the witnesses were telling people. Yeah, we're glad that he shut it down because we were getting our asses kicked. Um, They had no ability to cut themselves off from gambling, so the fact that there was a... 10 on 10 brawl or whatever it was that could stop the bleeding and uh you know that mercifully put their losing money to an end. What the heck is going on over there in Australia? Um so the seven people were detained and questioned about uh the incident uh but only the woman was charged, the woman who did the quote unquote glassing. Apparently she is a 37-year-old Russian nationalist who uh you know She bashed the head in of a 21-year-old man with the glass of champagne. She was coming to the aid of her husband, and the glassing cut the 21-year-old, and apparently there was blood everywhere. Uh, the men were let go, and the woman was charged with reckless wounding and affray. It's hard when you hear these. Uh, you know, we're all used to as Americans hearing the charges, and they all sound familiar: battery, assault, simple assault, you know, uh, whatever it is. But you know, when you get into another country, different jurisdictions, the, uh, the the names of the offenses sound different. So this is reckless wounding and affray. She was later released and is due back in court on March. Eighth, there were all sorts of pictures published around this event, and the funniest one was um, that after everybody was taken off the ship, most of these guys, these Aussies, man, I mean, I don't know, you guys are nuts over there, huh? They went right to the bar, and they were getting photographed at the bar, and they were holding up their beers, doing little, you know, holding up their shots and their beers, and waving to the camera and playing to the camera, and uh, those are the guys that got. That was an incident that honestly was no good. I'm not gonna say it's a, it, it's good that this happened or anything good came from this, but it kind of pales in comparison to the next incident that we are gonna cover uh, later. Last week, Carnival, not to be outdone by its little sister, also had a brawl, and it was on the Carnival Legend. Now, this was a 10-day sailing in the South Pacific, and this one has already had as a nickname. It's called the Cruise from Hell. I think I've heard that a couple of times on other ships, maybe that uh, the Poop Cruise or whatever it was. Uh, There's some video footage of this one if you want to search for it, but apparently uh, what we're hearing is that there was a large family of almost 30 people traveling together as a group. And uh, nicely enough, these people were just basically a bunch of terrorists. Supposedly, all week long they would antagonize, they would insult, and in some cases, full out attack their fellow passengers. Several incidents happened. Uh, several incidents happened throughout the ship. Some were verbal, and some were minor physical confrontations, which ultimately boiled over into a full out brawl outside the nightclub. Uh, you had, and still have, all sorts of stories coming out of this thing. There was even a story of a guy that got punched in the face in the middle of him trying to propose to his fiance. Are you kidding me? I mean that's a nice way to start up a life together, isn't it? I mean the good news is from the engagement, starting at the engagement, there's really only only one way the uh, marriage can go, right? Up from here, Uh, there were as many as thirty people injured from all of these incidents. And once secure, well, the actual incident from the, um, I'll say, you know, outside the nightclub. That was a bad one. Uh, Once security was able to get control of, the captain ordered again an emergency vessel to come out to escort 26 passengers off the ship right before their scheduled docking in Australia. I don't know what the hell has gone into you cruise ship passengers lately, but uh, it does not sound like the Aussies here were an issue as much as they were on the other one. It sounds like they were a little bit of the victim. Passengers described uh, the offender simply as a large Italian family. I can say that, right? Italian family? (laughs) I mean, that's not racial commentary. It's just a description given by the witnesses. Uh, Let me tell you something. Italian, black, Czechoslovakian, or Eskimoan. Is it Eskimos or Eskimoan? I don't know what the nationality is there. You know what I mean? It's like hawaiians or polynesians it's like they have an asian base is that the case for eskimos too are eskimos just like really cold asians i'm not sure anyway so whatever the nationality is whatever the race color whatever these are just people not fit for society well public society anyway i've seen them i mean honestly i'm from long island south shore nassau county i've lived among them i've seen the type They, they they just Need to simply stay where they are. They need to stay where they live. They likely come from these really small towns or neighborhoods where everything and everyone that doesn't look or talk like them is a target for ridicule and ultimately violence. Uh, they're 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 simple people, <laughs> small minded. I think there's a little bit of insecurity there, and they're insecure about anything they don't know about or anything that's not familiar or they deem strange. So they feel uncomfortable, they get a little bit, I don't know, they start feeling a little weird, they don't know really know how to navigate through that insecurity, so they just stop being meatheads. I mean, we all saw Jersey Shore, right? And then, and that's not an Italian thing at all. That that's most of them weren't even fully fully Italian on the Jersey Shore. You know what I mean? It was that it's not what it is. You just I mean I'm half Italian. What it, what it is is just a geographical thing. There's certain parts of the world and certain parts of the country where they it's just where they grew up or where they come from. It's 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 accepted behavior. Their parents were like that. Their uncles, their aunts were like that. So I get it. I understand certain people aren't just built to play nice with others. So really, all you need to do, stay out of the public. Stay in your little town. Drink your beer where you have your backyard wrestling matches if that's what you do. Please, just do us all a favor. When you start to commingle with the rest of the world, anytime, you're... you're, you're Looking to enter into a different society where different people than you are familiar with uh, will be populating that area, whether it's vacation, whether it's a job, whether it's you know just on a, wherever you're going, whether you have to go, it's it's very very important for you to step back and have an open mind. It's 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 incredible that you have to explain to certain people that you know what they're not like you, so don't go and just beat them up or make fun of them or ridicule them or just make a scene and just have to be the center of attention. Uh, But you do, apparently, and uh, sadly and unfortunately, I do know the type. Um, There's an issue, though, on this thing. You know, say what you want about that, Uh, the security thing. Now, if you see the video, you watch security, uh, (laughs) in my opinion, not handling this properly whatsoever. You see them kicking. You see them punching. Now, I can speak about this a little bit because of my job. I was, you know, I did hold a position as a security personnel way, way, way back. But now I'm responsible for the security personnel, and there is procedures. Now, everybody on my security staff they sign a no strike agreement. That means they are not under any circumstances ever to strike somebody in, 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 in you know, in in the spirit of doing them harm. And that is basically a liability thing to hopefully protect the uh, legal interests of the establishment you're not supposed to punch people now the truth is the truth now if you are in danger physical danger and you have to defend yourself that's a different story and you will break that no strike agreement if it means you have to protect yourself or you have to keep people safe Uh, and that is something that in my opinion eventually we'll just have to get kind of like I guess worked out in court one way or another, but yeah, you're not, you know, the 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 no strike agreement goes so far, you cannot let somebody do you harm. What if somebody has a knife and you know they're coming at you, and what are you supposed to do? Not, you know, disarm them, hundred percent. But what these guys were doing was there'd be people on the ground rustled up, and then you'd see guys in white security outfits and one of those little little what do you call them? They look like little captains' outfits. You know, you know who I'm talking about, the security, and they're just doing these little. Desperation kicks to the people on the ground. That I could tell you right now is the biggest waste of time, and not only a waste of time, it is inflammatory. You're not hurting this meathead that's rolling around on the floor, which you know you're you you're, you're five foot eleven, and we'll five foot eight. We'll talk about that in a minute too. And you're kicking this guy in the in the back, kicking him in the side of the leg. That's an offensive act that is doing no no service whatsoever in terms of sedating them, you know, if it's a knockout blow, and you know what, these people are out of control, I got to throw a few haymakers and knock people out so that people are safe, that's one thing, not advised, probably not, probably against policy, but that at least I could see why you're doing that, in this case, you're just kicking people as though you're a part of a street lynching, and uh, that's all that's doing, you're not hurting them, all you're doing is pissing them off, thus elongating the fight, And then you had people videoing this. And then while you still have a very uh, volatile situation with people punching, kicking, wrestling, you have uh, seemed like senior security taking a break from that, handling that, and being more concerned with the people that are filming the incident, which is also a huge no-no. Listen, uh, I don't think the security hurt anybody with their little – flailing kicks or whatever and I don't think but it's it's assault it's assault and it's assault by the very people who are trying to ideally subdue the situation so I'm interested in what you guys think if you guys saw any of that incident let me know Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com great topic to email about and uh, you know miraculously enough there were no charges charges filed yet and Carnival's response to the incident was to give everyone a voucher for a 25% discount on their next cruise. And uh, some guests are very disappointed with this. And I think that's a joke too, to be honest with you guys. We share real opinions. I'm not trying to bash cruise lines. You guys know I love Carnival, but that's an absolute abomination. That's just lazy, to be honest with you. There's a huge brawl. It affects a good portion of the people on the ship, and I bet some people on the ship didn't even know it happened. How you deal with a situation like that is you investigate it on a case-by-case basis. You see who was affected. You see who was hurt. You see who was in the casino or in the nightclub and whose good time had to be shut down, whose children had to get exposed to this – and you discount them or give them a free cruise. There's probably a majority of the people on the ship, maybe not a majority, but a good percentage anyway, who probably were affected zero on this. So you're telling me some woman who's, 24 years old walking by gets uh, a little bit of friendly fire and gets elbowed in the head as she's trying to walk past the casino minding her own business she's on the floor bleeding now and she gets the same exact discount as you know family x who was at the complete other side of the ship and never even knew this incident happened that's ridiculous that's just saying yeah i just give every 25 percent call it a day. that's it i mean i don't get it so, Carnival, I think you should do a better job with that. I think the people who were directly affected by this should get a full refund on their cruise, maybe even another cruise because they were violently affected. And you guys, clearly, security was not trained properly or whatever. They, if they were trained properly, they ignored their training. They didn't do the right thing. Uh, so, you do have to accept some responsibility for that. And uh, you should just do the right thing. So,. Uh, that brings us to what I wanted to talk about and I kind of pulled up some information and did a little bit of research and I wanted to just talk security on board cruise ships in general what happens when you go on a cruise ship none of us want to security is like umpires in baseball it's like the secret service it's like you know they're supposed to be seen they're supposed to be there but if they are involved if you do see them if they become part of the topic something went wrong so I just wanted to kind of you know, since we don't ever really go on board, you know, we talk a lot about the <laughs> in cruise critic message boards and Facebook groups and, you know, pre-cruise lead up. We talk about excursions. We talk about, you know, the ship and the and amenities of the ship and how excited we are. We very, very rarely discuss, hey, man, what do you think the security is going to be like aboard this ship? It's something we take for granted. It's something that we kind of just assume that is there for our protection and it's not going to be an issue. But, Let's get into a little bit of security parameters and some things on board cruise ships that you may or may not have known when it comes to that particular department. Um, So one thing you may not know is that they've done a lot more screening on you than you think. I mean, they know about you. They, you know. I know you think beforehand that you get on the ship and nobody knows anything, but uh, you know they do a little bit of research. They know your name, and if you look like you've been associated with any questionable groups, any organizations, you might be a little bit of uh, an extremist in certain ways, shapes, or forms, um, that may be a little suspect, and you may get a call. You know what I mean? If you're on a no-fly list, if there's some sort of issue... It's not like you can get on this ship, and or they can't go too deep into your personal, you know, issues. But you know, they will run your name, and if anything wacky does come up, they will address it. And I've heard that from multiple locations, and in my research in this as well. Um, they obviously use some pretty sophisticated equipment as well. I remember back when I was still sneaking booze on board, uh, I did watch a video on how to get. You know, the get the wine get get wine bottles and empty them out and fill them up with uh, booze. And I did try to do that. Like I said, not necessarily very proud of it. Hopefully, nobody's judging me here. But that was a little cruise, little tyke cruise tyke at that point. I don't do that anymore. Um, But I did uh, speak to a young lady that I'm friends with. Her name is Katie, and she had been on Norwegian before, and she had snuck booze on the cruise ship before, and I didn't know the procedure. So I did it, and she kind of told me the procedure. I would get called down to the room because what I did was I filled the two wine bottles with Grey Goose vodka, uh, wrapped them in towels, taped them all up, and put them in the middle of my luggage thinking, you know, who knows? Maybe they won't even get caught. But I did get that letter on my door saying, you know, come to the bad guy room. Come to come to the, the naughty room and uh, explain yourself, and then I... Texted her while we were still in port. I was like, "Uh oh, I just got some." And she's like, "Don't, no problem." They just saw the wine bottles, and they know you have wine, quote unquote, on the ship, and you're gonna have to pay the corking fee. So that's what I did. That's what it was, and they were able to, you know, sniff out the fact that I I packed pretty heavy, laid down a foundation of clothing, put the heavily wrapped in towel booze taped up on top of that layer, and then put a whole other layer of clothing on top of that. Wrapped it up, and yes, it did not get by anybody, and I was taken to the naughty room. So they have pretty, pretty crazy equipment. Um, they elevated the restriction of off-limits places. Uh, like you should know, is like the bridge, the engine room. Not that you were able to able to walk in there, you know, happy go lucky anyway. Which you're drinking your hand, your pina colada and your Hawaiian shirt. Hey, what's going on in here? All of a sudden, you're in the bridge. No, but they uh, elevated the restriction. They took some security measures to make sure people cannot rush the bridge or rush the engine room. Even though I saw pictures of Doug. <laughs> Doug from Cruise Radio, I think he got lost and he ended up in some off-limits place that looked like the engine room. I don't know where the hell he was, but uh, I, guess, I guess maybe it can happen at certain points too. Uh, did you guys know the Coast Guard requires all commercial vessels to give 96 hours? That's a full four days notice before they're permitted to enter any American port. I mean, that's a lot of notice. I mean, if you're you kind of screwed if you forget to uh, check in four days out and you only got two days left to go and you're like, oh, shoot, no. So you got to be very, very proficient in making sure that, you know, you let the Coast Guard know and let the port know that you are coming in. You got to give it 96 hours and that's obviously a significant measure of security for everybody. Um, there is a 100-yard distance that has to be maintained from all cruise ships while they're at sea at all times. Uh, I don't know if this is always upheld because I've kind of been to Miami, and a lot of times you just see people recreationally jet skiing, and uh, they get pretty close, even though speed boats, fishing boats, I don't know. I guess that might be one of those rules that's just in place that they can enforce, and if they don't think something's a threat, maybe they'll just give you kind of like a warning, hey, move it back, but uh, I kind of wanted to do that. I kind of wanted to rent a jet ski and kind of pull up next to a cruise ship. You know, those things are beasts, but they're moving, you know, in, the, in what are they moving when they're in port, you know, or in like the harbors, 10, 10 knots, 7 knots, whatever it is. So kind of get a little up close and personal look. But uh, have you ever seen uh, when you cruise out of some of these ports that there's that boat that's cruising next to you? Uh, I don't mean the pilot, you know, the pilot gets you in and out of the port. Um, but sometimes, definitely out of New York, there's this armed guard with like almost like a manned rifle station. You know, that's just sailing right next to you in the harbor. I'm not sure what that's all about, but I guess it's to maintain that distance, or just any threats or anything that looks strange. You know, it's a weird feeling when you're sailing and you see some guy with a, you know, a, 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 a tripod with a machine gun off the tripod, just kind of looking around. It's it's a feeling of extreme safety, but slight concern at the same time. If that makes sense. Why do I need an armed guard to take me out of this harbor? But hey, listen. If necessary, I am glad he's there. Uh, As you might imagine, terrorism is considered to be the biggest security threat to any cruise ship. And uh, I know that's such a broad term, terrorism. But uh, airlines are said to fully x-ray about 20% of the bags that get checked. Everybody does get checked, but full x-ray is you know that's that that bags are getting checked it's about 20 percent the cruise lines you know thoroughly because they have the time they have the incline they have the uh, resources and they have whatever they 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 actually check every single piece of luggage that is getting checked now if you're carrying on that's one thing on airlines i think everything gets checked i'm not necessarily the airline expert or the plane expert as you guys know but Uh, As far as we're talking checked baggage, on the cruise ship, every single bag does get checked, as we found out when I was sent to the naughty room. Uh, The ship needs to know who's on board at all times not just at boarding not just at di- disembarkation um recently i found out the golden princess was about to leave the azores uh for a fort lauderdale for fort lauderdale so they were coming back and it realized that two passengers got off the ship right before they were about to leave and this fell completely under the radar so i guess they were on the ship they got off the ship again And then they got back on or whatever. There was just an incident where two people got on and off. And that didn't get picked up by, I guess, the uh, screening system. So as a result, the entire ship was searched from bow to stern for anything that may have looked suspicious. Uh, The ship sailed away after it was confirmed that everybody was back on board and there was no threat. But there was a little incident where guys got off the ship unbeknownst and then kind of get back on the ship. And that wasn't known. There was some sort of... uh, exit and entrance or disembarkation and reembarkation from the ship that nobody knew about. And uh, that just seemed a little fishy. So they didn't take any chances. They just searched the whole ship from bow to stern. Um, let's talk about the personnel on board responsible for your safety. So depending upon philosophy uh, of the cruise line, the talent pool from where they draw their security staff often can vary. Um, so Some will go with former military personnel from various nations, and some will stick with private security companies or other law enforcement officers. Uh, You may think of these people as the no fun police or the bad guys, but I learned that they are security for everyone on board. They are the policemen of everybody, so they are also responsible for making sure that the crew members are staying in line as well. If a crew member doesn't follow procedure or if one might get noticed to wander off into an area where they're known they're not supposed to be, ship's security is responsible for correcting the issue and alerting the senior officers. Let's take a look at a cruise line that does not play around, and that is Princess Cruise Lines. Uh, They employ the world-famous and ultra-fierce Gurkhas. Have you guys ever heard of the Gurkhas? (laughs) They're a small but elite Nepalese faction of the British Army. I don't know if I pronounced that word. Nepalese. Nepalese faction of the British Army. That, uh, Like I said, they're known for their next-level ferocity and ruthlessness when it comes to fighting. That might be a little extreme. (laughs) what's next carnival hires the hell's angels to secure their ships think about that for a funny snl sketch maybe spoofing the shack commercial about him being the chief fun officer cut to a friendly carnival ceo introducing a biker gang as the new enforcers on the ship (laughs) give a little highlights check out the chair hoggers getting the shit kicked out of them all in the name of fun fun for all Alright, getting back to my experience when it comes to security, uh, you what you want as much as anything in a security team is deterrence. And this is why you hear a lot of, you know, about how much badass as these cruise line security guys are. And I get it. That makes sense. Now, you got these guys who are in the, you know, the Israeli army or this army or the Gurkhas or these specially trained elite people. They can kill you with a tic-tac All of that makes sense to me. But I don't know if that's the best way to go about it. In a nightclub situation, in a bar situation, any situation that can involve, you know, violence, I think what you want to do is deter more than anything. I could tell you that these people, these elite forces that are hired as security guys, they are not physically imposing people. And, you know, is that the route you want to go? You know, the fact that they can kill you doesn't help you don't want them to kill you you want big people to where you know what you look at a guy and he he may be the he may be a pile of crap and not be able to even defend himself but he's a big huge guy and looks like he can the people think twice about maybe starting a problem it's about deterrence if the guy can react you know and 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 maybe Put people down right away and, and, and choke people out unconscious. To me, that's too late. You want to avoid that situation. You want to deter that situation from happening. And that happens when you have physically imposing people, people who look like they can handle themselves. You know, if I start with this guy or if I bother this or if I get out of line. I'm gonna have to deal with that guy, you. So that would kind of make you think twice before you do it. Yes, it does help that once the shit hits the fan, you have somebody who can put the situation down very quickly. But my priority and my, uh, you know, my, my my preference would be to avoid the situation as a whole, and you do that by getting physically imposing people to kind of handle this stuff, um, and so. What else? So what is probably as important as any security measure is that eye in the sky. That's right. Big brother. Very rarely will you be walking around a cruise ship and at any point not be on camera. Of course, there are blind spots, but really uh, only the most experienced crew members know where they are, which is where they sometimes uh, go to practice their coning and philandering while on duty. (laughs) But I mean, that's that's absolutely true. But really, there are cameras all over the place. There are even websites and apps that allow you to look in on cruise ship decks 24-7. So I would recommend keeping that in mind when you are at sea. Not that you should have something to worry about if you aren't doing anything wrong, doing anything wrong but hey, sometimes alcohol. I've had my brushes with security. I told you about the time I tried to roll the piano. From the piano bar into the casino. And that time I tried to bring the lounge chair from the Lido deck into the elevator and then down into the nightclub at 12 midnight uh and all that stuff clearly was frowned upon you know not necessarily doing any harm but there was also this one time when uh you know i had a particular and these are in my little bit of wilder days you know all the cruises that i go on you know you guys like the funny entertaining stories but sometimes it is lately i've been kind of behaved maybe i'll have to switch that up a little bit and kind of wake up the uh, beast a little bit on this next cruise but on the last cruises, I've been kind of well behaved, whether it was because it was a bring your own pocket cruise, or maybe it just didn't, you know, there wasn't a lot of action, or whatever it was, we kind of ended up being in a little bit more adult situations, which, you know, Kind of disappointing myself with that a little bit, but back in the day when I'd cruise with like Nick or just combinations of Nick and Chris, there was this one time we were blasted on the Lido deck trying to have some fun. I stacked up a bunch of lounge chairs. It was like two in the morning. It was pizza time. It was on the Splendor. And on the Splendor, they have these things where, um, it looks like it's a little bit of like a long, long kind of rod. And at the end of the rod, it has like maybe like a little bit of a wire, a circular wire. What it looks like to me is that it's meant to fish people out that people can grab on if they are having trouble at the bottom of the pool, almost like, you know, able to lift them out of the pool. But anyway, it sits in this holster and it does happen to be about, you know, 15 to 20 feet high and, uh, you know. I, in my uh, state of mind and in my level of partying and the crew we had, I was just like, I was just always noticed it. And I was kind of like, you know, laying on a lounge chairs, laying laying on lounge chairs that were stacked up maybe five high. And I noticed that it was in my reach. So I started pulling this thing out of the holster. Now, the holster is about maybe five feet up. And the thing shoots out up from the holster about another 15, 20 feet So I started working it from my lounged position out of the holster. And then security gets wind of this. Then I'm slowly trying to lift this thing out of the holster. And it's like a race for time. Will the bottom of the giant pole clear the holster before security is able to get to me and they see it happening and I'm pulling it up and I'm once I get it out I got it out so now I could wield it you know at my will which is not good it's not a good idea don't recommend it I'm not clearly acting like an asshole right now but I was trying I wanted to hold this holster play with it a little bit and see you know security started running in all sorts of directions and by now you know I had because of the piano moving incident and stuff things like that they knew who I was they knew my name was Thomas And uh, we got a kind of kick out of it for the rest of the crews because they were running from directions. And all you heard was, you know, the, the, you know, not, not necessarily Americans just screaming, Thomas, no, Thomas, not this one, not this one, Thomas. So that was like on day three and it was like an eight day cruise. And for the rest of the crews, that's all I heard. And if we were going to do something wacky or do something, whatever, uh, our crew was mimicking the security and it was just Thomas, no. Thomas No was the claim for the rest for the rest of that cruise, and uh, you know, again, what are you gonna do? Running back from St. Thomas, you know, forty five minutes late for the ship. Thomas No, trying to do this, having trying to beg the uh, bartender to let me have more than fifteen drinks, even though I hit the limit. Thomas No, I just kept hearing Thomas No the whole cruise. But hey, what are you gonna do? Uh so you might wonder what happens to you if you get too out of line. Uh, There are some conflicting reports in the research I've done, but uh, if I take most of the info that I've collected, my conclusion is that the new ships pretty much all have been built with mini-jails in them. The older ships have a secure room that can be a multiple purpose room, but uh, they are designed as the temporary holding cell if necessary. Some of the older ships do have jail cells as well, but not all of them. So it's a little bit of a mixed bag when you get, you know, sort of, you know, before the pre-2005 cruise ships um, before you end up in jail. Like if your offense is sort of minor and it maybe doesn't pose a clear and imminent threat, you will be told to go to your room and a member of security will be assigned to you to stand outside your room and make sure you don't leave that room. I have a friend and, you know, this happened to him and this was long before I started cruising and it was a guy I worked with and uh, he gave me, you know, his account of his cruise and, you know, this is a Brooklyn kid and uh, it was because of a fight so… Somebody was, uh, you know, and that's the thing, too. You, these cruise ship fights that made this story, i get th- that made the news this last couple of weeks, you guys heard Chris tell the story of the incident that he was involved with, and that was like at least a six-on-six fight as well. Maybe it wasn't necessarily photographed. Maybe it wasn't as public because maybe there wasn't as much blood or nobody got hurt as much. Uh, but these things happen all the time. So my friend was on a cruise ship. It was a carnival cruise. It was group cruise, and one of his friends got hit. And apparently he got involved with the fight and maybe he may or may not have allegedly hit somebody too. But he was detained by the ship's security. Now, if you know this kid... um He he makes me look like a little bit of a choir boy when it says, again, you know, it's the business I'm in. You guys may sit there and judge, but we have a bunch of whack jobs working in this industry of ours. And this guy is uh, one of the leaders of the charge in that. And, you know, he's just a booze guy. He's the type of guy that just boozes through the night, you know, after work. You know, they not runs the place, but you're really not leaving the place before 7 or 8 a.m. And you very rarely leave the place before the 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 sun is up and it's just a booze fest and that's just kind of the, the the life we've chosen for lack of better terms but he was telling me he got into a fight they brought him to his room and he was instructed to stay in his room and uh you know this is just you know and it makes perfect sense i could see it happening so what they do is they assign a guard outside the room and he's there to watch you and make sure you don't leave if you know this guy He's gonna deal with that for all of about twelve total minutes. So I guess he's already drunk and that helps it and he's sitting in his room, you know, being a good boy like he's supposed to. Five minutes go by, ten minutes go by. He decides he's not gonna be <laughs> he's not gonna be held anymore. So, you know, he's also, you know, a pretty bright kid too. He knows he can't just walk out there and walk past the security guard. So he has it in his mind, puts his sneakers on, I guess puts uh, comfortable clothing on, and he's prepared to sprint out of his room and make a mad dash. Pretty athletic kid too, so he's able to do it. He literally opens the door in one motion, sprints down the corridor, and is able to lose his assigned security card. (laughs) I mean, I'm picturing this, what he's telling me, and I don't know if if, if you guys are fans of Rocky, in 4 when he's got the Russians the chaperones that are kind of assigned to him and he's running on doing some road work and it's in the snow and he's being a good soldier the whole time all of a sudden he has enough and he's going to lose these security guards so he starts running on into the snow and off road and the guards try to get out but it's Rocky how are you going to catch Rocky right you're not catching Rocky so Rocky runs through the snow and then finally makes his way up the mountain and that's uh, you know one of the montages he gets to the top of the mountain and you got that helicopter shot where he's. Screaming, Drago, Drago, and, you know Rocky Four Man. That's an underrated Rocky. Of course, you know my Rockies are like this. You have different, different Rockies. You have Rocky One, which is the grandfather. That's like the Godfather of Rockies. I get it. Rocky Two, another masterpiece. Cinematography master. So, what I just made that it's cinematography masterpiece. Sometimes I just say some dumb stuff. Of course, as you guys know, uh, cinematic masterpiece was two as well. Maybe not as good as one per se, but still very very good. They started to go off the rails a little bit with Rocky Three. You could tell they were going a little bit more for the, uh, you know, maybe for the a uh, more of a diverse. Uh, ethnic crowd with Rocky Three, You know, they introduced the whole Clubber Lang thing and the trip to L.A. and the hood and everything like that, which is great. I loved I loved Rocky Three. That's the beauty of Rocky. They give you all these different angles. And then you get four. You know, they realized 1985 or 86, what's the hot button issue now? Middle of the Cold War, they do the Drago thing with Russia. To me, after four, it's all downhill from there, except Creed. Have you guys seen Creed. Oh, boy, check out Creed. You wouldn't necessarily consider it a Rocky montage, uh, a, a Rocky uh, a Rocky movie. I said montage because I have that on my mind because, uh, unfortunately, Rocky – well, I'm not going to ruin it for you. But the montage in this one is different than the other montages and, uh, you know, whatever. But Creed was a good movie. But uh, Rocky f- 5, which was with the Tommy Morrison one and Rocky – Balboa, which is when he's 75 years old and he comes back to fight. They were both ridiculous. But Creed spinoff was good. Why am I talking about Rocky? Oh, yeah. Because so we're talking about uh, <laughs> the, the scene on this cruise ship reminded me. So my buddy is able to break free, sprints out of his room, gets past the guard. The guard is not as athletic or as fast as him, so he can't keep up with him. Gets lost through the corridors of the cruise ship and remains at large. Clearly, he got caught. Got you know, you know the cruise was winding to an end, so I guess he only had another day or two. And the next day or two, he had to spend in his room. But he was a fugitive and was at large on the cruise ship for a good six to eight hours. And uh, you know, a guy like me, you know, I got to kind of respect him for that. Was remained he was a fugitive at sea on the ship. So that's pretty much it. I just wanted to kind of get into a little bit of the security measures, security procedures, some things you may or may not know about what it's like as far as uh, an item that we don't necessarily, ideally, we don't have to discuss or we don't have to basically uh, really engage with, which is security on the cruise ship. Uh, If you have any questions or any feedback that you guys know about, or if you think that something was uh, misrepresented here, or if you have any wacky brushes with security of your own, please, again, email me, Tommy. At alwaysbebooked.com. Alright, so let's get into you guys did a great job with this one. Let's get into the emails for the week. Sitting here at the
0: floor bam about to open up a big old can. Of good town. Unwind, falling and out in love in the same night.
1: Alright, let's get right into it. I totally, Tommy, I totally agree with your take on Orient Beach. Other than Hawksbill Beach in Antigua, it is by far the nicest beach we've ever been to. Our afterlife plan as a couple is whoever dies first gets cremated. The one that survives keeps the other's ashes. After the survivor passes away, it will be left in our will for our kids to cremate the survivor, then bring both our urns to the Orient Beach nude side and spread our ashes there. This way, we will always be looking up to something interesting. All right, that's a little morbid, but beautiful at the same time. With a countdown in play for an unadvertised Royal Caribbean Independence sailing in November. Unadvertised. Ooh, what do you mean by that? Um, in November, not to be found on any normal cruise sites. It will be great to hear a podcast on this ship, the Independence. All right. Um, this is the Independence is a carbon copy of the Freedom, which is the ship that I'm going on. In, uh what are we at now? 10 days or so, 11 days. Uh, especially with an upcoming dry dock in April, it will be like a brand new ship. Signed Anonymous, a.k.a. the person to watch over my kingdom. Wait a minute. This is Marty. Marty, the King Marty. Oh, my gosh. What kind of cruise are you going on on Royal Caribbean's Independence of the Seas? I got to hear this. You got to email me, Marty Tommy at com. Not that you're, I don't have to tell you that because you're emailing me there right now. But, um, yeah, I need to hear all about this cruise that's coming up. This, uh, <laughs> Not, I'm sorry. So Marty's planning uh, with his wife to get cremated and have their ashes spread over, uh, I, you know, who doesn't think of that? If you love cruising and you've been to any of these destinations, I've thought about that, too, when you're up on the top of the mountain in St. Thomas. I mean, I don't necessarily have the morbid thoughts like that, but, yeah, you know, you do. you do. Every once in a while, you think, man you kind of want, you go to the top of mountaintop and that beautiful view, throw the ashes over the side. I mean, what's a better way to go than that? Um, again, not necessarily something we want to spend a whole lot of time thinking about, but uh, it sounds like Marty, you have, you've thought it through well. And, uh, man, it's, it's, Hey, listen, we're nothing without a plan, right? Marty always has a plan. That's why he's the King. Ladies and gentlemen, King Marty, thank you so much for the email. And, uh, Yeah, have a good time on that cruise. I will tell you all about the Freedom, which is basically just like the Independence. Moving on. Hi, Tommy. I apologize for the tardiness of my email. I understand that although your listeners get frustrated in the delays of your podcasts, you do have a life outside of cruising. We... The day one listeners need to be better in supporting you with emails and comments to enhance the show. Us being busy and unable to reply in a timely manner make it much more understanding and frankly shameful in expecting a free weekly podcast no matter what sad face. In regards to your past episode of big versus smaller ships I would like to add the following I have sailed on both and sometimes choose the smaller vessels based on itinerary for example I did a Tahiti and Cook Islands cruise damn which is not offered on a large ship your podcast yesterday mentioned that you were reluctant for the railway tour in St. Kitts. You are correct to avoid it at all costs. I dis- did this excursion a few years back on Christmas uh, on a 10-day Southern Caribbean cruise. I was very it was very boring. It it was a very boring 3 hours of my life. The drinks served were watered-down piña coladas and I received only 2 during the trip. Keep up the great work and enjoy your upcoming cruise. Remember, the difference between Pool bar and billiards. Pool bar is easy to score in, but once you've mastered the tight pockets of billiards, you will never go back. Keep up the great work. Regards, Darren. Darren, that's a great freaking email, buddy. (laughs) I'm going to repeat this. Remember the difference between bar pool and billiards. Bar pool is easier to score in, but once you've mastered the tight pockets of billiards, you will never go back. Man thats is that that is pure unabashed wisdom right there, unfiltered, and you can't say it any better than that, Darren. Thank you. I want to respond to a couple of things. So, um, as far as the tardiness of your email, whatever, I do appreciate the. I do solicit the emails all the time. Nobody is compelled to do that, and you know, I do appreciate you showing appreciation for the free podcast. Um, it's not when I say ask for emails; it's not meant to guilt you guys into it. It's not meant to be like, hey, send me more emails and you get more shows. That's not the way it is, although I do like your sentiment. I like where your head's at. I do appreciate you kind of like putting it out there that, you know, yes, it is true. The more emails I get, the more I know you guys are listening, and the more motivation I have to set aside the time in my, you know, sometimes crazy day-to-day to make sure that I get you guys a program. Um, again, it, again, the two are not tied together, and I'm no in no way, shape, or form saying, "Come on, give me more emails," or else I won't do any more shows. It's not how it is, but I do appreciate the sentiment. That means a lot. And man, it sounds like you got some really, really impressive um, destination destinations in your cruise resume and yeah that is the uh, you always find that you always see that I always know no Norwegian does that a lot out of New York you got to take your pick you can do a gem which is an older ship smaller ship and you can get these 10-day gorgeous Eastern Caribbean runs or you can do the breakaway which is the, one of the newest classes of ships and you can go to Bermuda Florida or the Bahamas and uh, it's a shame that sometimes you have to pick but you do have to pick and yes uh, Darren is right in that a a lot of times the smaller ships have the better itineraries. Uh I will avoid that railway in St. Kitts. It does seem cool, but yeah, it seems like maybe after like 15 20 minutes of it it's like okay, been there, done that, seen it. We are doing this hike, guys, this hike in St. Kitts. By the way, you guys realize I haven't even um necessarily cleared this trip with my place of employment yet? <laughs> Uh I I I I sent an email but I didn't hear back from it. It's 10 days away. I am going to go, so it's like well, I guess we'll see what happens with that. But um it, it it's out there and I think we're discussing that. I think we're going to have a discussion the next day or two, but I mean, I'm you know, I'm 99% going on this cruise. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. Uh but there is that 1%. But we are Nicole and myself are doing the volcano hike. I am a little nervous about it. It is 3,500 to 4,000 feet up in the air. It is a dormant volcano. And uh, I guess we're just going to have to pack a lot of water. The cruise diet, as we say, as we always try to do, is not going like they usually go, guys. I'm doing well with the gym. But the food is still happening. And I feel good. And I think what I did is put on a little bit more size because I'm just lifting weights and doing the treadmill. Uh, but I'm not starving myself. So right now I am at a 245. As you guys know, the last cruise I went on, I was got on the ship at 229. Uh, in this particular cruise, I'm hoping for a 238 or something like that. But, uh, yeah, we are still working hard every day in the gym. And what I've incorporated into the workouts in the gym is that stair stepper thing, that big monstrosity where you kind of just walk directly straight up the stairs, and it's like a s- treadmill for stairs. I'm doing that because I know we got this uphill climb coming up and that's going to be uh it's going to be interesting and I'm looking forward to it but thanks for the advice and the confirmation on the train and uh appreciate the email great email Darren I appreciate you taking it on yourself taking the onus and taking responsibility to put these emails out and I really really even more than anything I just said appreciate what you said when you said you were a listener from day one so thank you so much all right so moving on uh hey tommy just finished listening to the podcast and i want to add a couple of things to your review of the freedom of the seas i went on this ship in august of 2016 the year she went into dry dock here are a few more points on the ship to add oh here we go this is good uh number one i stayed up on deck 12 in cabin 1878 which is an e2 balcony cabin they are brand new and are decorated like the oasis class ships the this area is used to be in this area used to be the gym second floor, but obviously put cabins there to make money. You will notice the decor on this deck is completely different than the rest of the ship. So deck 12 is different than the rest of the ship. Got it. And the gym is only one floor, so they shrunk the gym down. I wonder what they did that. Then it's an older ship, so they also I noticed they don't have a spa package. I mean a thermal spa package you could buy, so that's a little disappointing, but we will get through it. Alright, moving on number two. Johnny Rockets is free for breakfast, and there was a one-time charge for food at lunch and dinner and this was all you can eat shakes had to be paid for every single one all right johnny rockets free for breakfast and it's a cover charge type thing but not the shakes shakes you to pay for number three there is a there is one special promenade view cabin which is 6305 which sits on top of ben and jerry's ice cream shop i am on the sixth floor in a promenade view i gotta see maybe i'll get lucky roll the dice this is it the view out of the window is of the two cows behind. So anyone staying there gets free ice cream for the trip. Get the hell out of here. Uh, I'm just going to say. This is Carlos, by the way. Uh, Carlos, man. Always dropping the gems. So if you get the obstructed view in 6305. Uh, you're behind two cows. So you can't see. So you get the free <laughs> ice cream. I don't know, man. I, it sounds like maybe there's something they may have tried. I would be surprised if they just always did that. But that would be great. Um. The cabin door is decorated like cacao and has full access to the concierge lounge. That's cool. Number four, Sabor is where the old nightclub used to be. Olive and Twist is the new nightclub, and it sucks, to put it bluntly. So the nightclub on this ship sucks. Okay. That's fine. Like we talked about. That's the one thing that fascinates me about these ships and these cruises all the time. I have never once been able to predict my cruise. It's always, you know, I've, I've always come off my previous cruise having a blast and trying to emulate that cruise on the next cruise. And I've not been able to do it, but I've had a different type of blast for a different reason. So, you know, this doesn't necessarily, the fact that it doesn't have a great nightclub situation is not necessarily going to be a uh, make or break for the cruise, but that's good information to know. Olive and Twist, I will check it out, but it sounds like, and I trust Carlos's opinion definitely, is that it sucks. Uh, number five, Cafe Promenade has the best sandwiches and best desserts at any time, and it's better than that garbage cold Sorrento's, uh, like we talked about. They also have Starbucks as well. Yes, I saw that on the Oasis. The Cafe Promenade... Um, <clears throat> All right, so that might be different than on the Oasis. The cafe promenade sucked. Uh, And that might only be be because they had the Central Park Cafe. And they put the good stuff in the Central Park Cafe, which is, you know, their newest and, you know, one of the newer, more newer features. So maybe the cafe promenade, since there is no Central Park on the Freedom Class ships, maybe the cafe promenade on this ship is better. Uh, Coca-Cola Freestyle Machine. Uh, machines are located outside Sorrento's and the Windjammer. Good information. Try not to drink as much soda at sea as I usually do, but I am still really a sucker for having a Diet Coke with my meal. That's one thing that's hard for me to give up. Uh, Number seven, I believe Jade is no longer available, and they brought Izumi sushi for takeout only. Really? Okay. Uh, Jade was just a pre-made sushi at the beginning of the buffet in the Windjammer, And that's it. Carlos, uh, I appreciate it, man. Carlos always comes with good information and is a day one heavy contributor to the show. And uh, I appreciate it again. You did it again, Carlos. Just when I thought Darren drops an email that is ultra useful and awesome, Carlos matches it. All right. Um, So this email starts with no hello, Tommy, no greeting, nothing. Here we go. This guy gets right into it, which is great. We love that. St. Kitts, colon. Leo Christopher, and he gives the email address, is a cab driver that grew up on St. Kitts. He is in his 50s and has a nice vehicle. We have used him a couple of times for tours and bar hopping. While he is waiting, he exercises, push-ups, pull-ups, and has some weights in his car. He is the preferred driver for the large Marriott Resort on the island, so you will need to reserve him ahead of time. The Sunset Bar is a beautiful beach bar. We typically end our St. Kitts trip there. The Sunset Bar. That's a great. That's okay. I'll come back, but I'm going to touch on that again. Saint Martin, try something a bit different. The to tour the island and end up on the French side in Grand Case. Lots of small beach bars and eateries. Very good food and a beautiful view of where the sea and the ocean meet. San Juan, the forts and the food. We found that the Bacardi tour really wasn't worth the effort. Uh, Labadee, try something bit. Uh, try something a bit different here also. Take your RCL excursion to Amiga Island. Do it first thing. You will only be gone a few hours. This is a small island uh, with a small bar, paradise. Then you will be back at noon. The lines for the zipline will have subsided and uh, zip to your heart your heart is content. Uh, as far as the ship, your podcast was spot on except for the schooner bar. If the piano guy is good, it will be packed from 8 to 1 a.m. A great place to drink, sing, and do music trivia. Keep up the good podcast. Richard. Holy crap, you guys are absolutely slaughtering these emails this week. I mean, I scoured over them and noticed that there was a lot of them and kind of noticed that there'd be some good topics. But you guys, one after the other. Uh, Richard, you may have just like basically, (laughs) he he may have just, Set my itinerary. Because um, I've done a lot in St. Martin, and that does sound good. Sit on the French side in grand case. Uh, well, hold on. Let's start with St. Kitts. I don't know if I'm going to call uh, Leo Christopher, who seems to be the cab driver to the stars. Um <laughs> I don't know. Just, you know, it's at the end of the day, it is transportation. If it is, uh, I mean, we're going to go to the volcano. And I don't know if we have to do that through the cruise line or not. But maybe we could have this guy, Christopher, bring us there. I don't know if i pay a premium or a surcharge or kind of book, you know, days in advance to try to get this guy just because he's going to lift weights and stuff. But, uh, and I'm sure he's a great guy. Cause like I said, I, you know, a lot of these, you know, St. Somewhere I call it anywhere. It's just got a St. In front of it. They're so proud of their islands, but, uh, it does sound like this guy's a cool guy, but I don't know if I'd pay more if he's in demand, you know, uh, and pe- people people looking for him for tours of the Island. I would probably just, I guess, sit that out. However, uh, I was thinking that exact thing after a long hike up the mountain, then back down the mountain will probably be spent, but slash invigorated at the same time. I love a sunset. I saw that the sun sets around six o'clock, which is when we're leaving. So it'll probably start coming down just as we're trying to round out that hike and get back on the ship. And absolutely. I saw that that sunset bar was a beautiful place to kind of hang out and end the trip. And I might actually do that exact thing, Richard. St. Martin, you know what? That's a great suggestion. Uh, Tour the island and end up on the French side. I love touring the island because I just love listening to that tour and getting that tour. Um, And then maybe kind of check out the eateries and the drinkeries that are on the French side in Grand Case. And, you know spend some time watching the caribbean meet the atlantic ocean that's definitely something we may do don't have it all nailed out for Saint martin yet san juan the forts and the food and that's exactly what we're going to do we've I've done it tons of times but nicole hasn't done it but it's really the only thing you can do really because um we leave san juan at around one thirty, two o'clock i really love doing the forts when the sun's going down and when the sun sets over those forts and then you kind of like uh, every San Juan trip I've taken has been towards the afternoon and then we've gotten into the late and the late night where it's been actually dark. In San Juan, I've never left it in the middle of the day, which is what we're going to do. So it's limited time in San Juan, so that's what we're going to do. Just walk around the city, check out the cobblestone streets, maybe do some shopping, get some definitely food, man. The food is where it's at with San Juan. The mafango, the fried plantains, the uh, tripleta sandwich, that's where we're going. And then, yes, we'll hit up the forts as well. 1,000% on the Bacardi Tour. I've already done it, and it is 100% money grab. Now, listen. It's interesting, and they don't rip you off. It's not a rip off, you know. They spend a lot of money on it. It's a beautiful facility. It's a little bit interesting. It's not really that interesting. You're looking at a bunch of tanks. They give you a little bit of a history, which is mildly interesting. And it's not. I'm not going to say that they, you know, it's a money making scheme. But yes, it was a little lackluster for me. It didn't necessarily do it for me, and uh, I wouldn't do it again. Uh, Rich, you're spot on with that. Labadee, you might have nailed that one too. I mean. <sighs> Amiga Island, I'm not necessarily the private island guy. This just sounds like it's a private island of a private island. But, uh, you know, what else are you going to do in Labadee? It's a private island. You know, you're going to hang out. You're going to relax. You're going to take in the scenes and the sights. And that may be really the only thing to do. I'm sure we'll walk around the shops a little bit. I'm sure we'll explore the barbecue, grab some, grab some stuff to eat. But, yes, it's all about the dragon's breath in Labadee, but that only takes what? That's only going to take less than an hour all around. So then we're going to have all that rest of that time, and maybe that's what we do. We take a little excursion to Amiga Island and just bask in the beauty of, you know, Labadee, Haiti. So we might do that. And, uh, yeah, the schooner bar looks cool. It's just the schooner bar, to me, it just looks a little... Typically, it's, it's not as cool as the Carnival piano bars. You know what I mean? It's, I'm sure it's fun. I'm sure it's vibrant and exciting. I just noticed it to be where on Carnival, they'll do a little bit more contemporary. They'll take some contemporary country, remix it to a piano style, and maybe it'll draw a little bit more of a younger, cooler crowd that may consist of some decent pocketry, but uh, not necessarily in the schooner bars that I've seen on Royal Caribbean. But uh, Richard, man... Solid, solid email. Killing it. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right, let's move on. Uh, Hey, Tommy, I love the podcast. I've listened to them all. I just wanted to give you some insight on some of the types of cruises you have gone on Uh, You're going to give me the insight. All right. Well, when I was 21, I was, or maybe you, I don't know if you, that was a typo or whatever. When I was 21, I went on a 20s and 30s singles cruise. It was the most fun I've ever had on a cruise. Everyone was partying all the time. We had meetups uh, with drinks and shore excursions just for our group. Another cruise I went on. We had to have someone taken away by helicopter for health reasons. This put our cruise behind by three hours, and we almost missed our flight home. Have you ever had this happen? I also went on an Alaskan cruise, and it was beautiful. The downside was that it was on Princess, and the age of the people was a lot older than me since I'm now 30. You should go sometimes, sometime and get a balcony. This was my only mistake I made since you have to go uh, to public spaces to watch the scenery. One thing that I did that I am not very... Uh, one thing that I did that not very many people can say they have done on a cruise is playing basketball with my brother-in-law against, um, Mennonite, Mennonite and a kid from China in Alaska. Yeah, no, that's definitely, that's a, that's a story to bring home. Mennonite, uh, forgive my ignorance, I, I probably should know what that is. I don't know what a Mennonite is and, uh, sorry, <laughs> um, and I do know what a kid from China is though, uh. I have also been on a Canadian cruise from Quebec City to Boston. This was a fun cruise that I took my mom on since she wanted to see Acadia National Park. And Bar Harbor was one of the stops. And Bar Harbor is on the same island as the park. I... Now have my mom wanting to go on more cruises since she loved it. I have two more cruises booked this year. One out of Galveston on the Carnival Valor, uh, the Valor, and uh, one out of Miami on the Norwegian getaway. The Norwegian cruise was supposed to be an Eastern Caribbean cruise, and now they changed it to a Western due to the hurricanes. Not too fond of this, but it's still a cruise. Take care, Tommy, and I can't wait to hear more of your podcasts and stories that you have bill bill thank you so much for that email let's get into what you were saying here so um singles cruise that was almost the first cruise i ever went on i actually went on you know i had no, knew nothing about cruising and i was fully fine going on a cruise myself uh solo cruise i was just kind of at work and uh very very busy that was at a different time in my life things were kind of much more crazy and i it was going to be my first cruise and i wasn't going to bring anybody so i was just gonna be like i just want to get away for a while maybe i'll do one of these singles cruises now. Didn't end up going on a singles cruise. Went on a cruise with a buddy of mine. And uh, uh, coincidentally... I ended up on that Singles Cruise. It was the... Because a Singles Cruise isn't what you think maybe it is. A Singles Cruise is not where you uh, charter the whole ship and it's just all singles. A Singles Cruise is a group. Singlescruises.com. Looks like a cool little site. I've never done it, but uh, they are just a group within the already existing cruise. Uh, And I ended up on that same cruise, on the Carnival Miracle. And yeah, they did look like they were having fun. It was a wacky mix. It was ranging from 20-year-olds to 50-year-olds. but It was kind of crazy, but... uh, uh, they definitely absolutely looked like they had a good time. And this was, okay, yours was a 20s and 30s singles cruise, so that's probably a different story. Um, another cruise I went on, someone had to be taken away by helicopter for health reasons. Now, that did happen to me in my cruise, uh, my country cruise on Florida Georgia Line, country cruise, people party. And they get a little ahead of themselves. And one night, there was like a, you know, they took a break from the bands for one night. And late night after the bands Deep into the night, there was a DJ, and the DJ was getting the place going. It was crazy, and I don't know if anybody had drugs on the cruise or whatever, but somebody started having seizures, and uh, you know they got taken to the uh, infirmary. Is that what it's called on the ship? And uh, went to bed, and I I found out the next morning. That we had stopped. I didn't know this, but we went to because in these inside cabins on these drunken freaking country cruises, it's almost like you're just locked in. Like your your room is like a <laughs> a completely dark cave, and uh, you know, we didn't we were none the wiser that we stopped. But we found out the next day that we did stop in Cancun on the way to Cozumel, and it was to uh, get that person off the ship. And you know what? It was funny because I did wake up through the night. And I remember whether I was half awake or half sleeping, dreaming. I didn't know if I was dreaming or not, but, you know, it's... It's cool when you're a cruise nerd like me, you just kind of get a feel for the noises of the ship, and you know when the thrusters are deployed, and I did remember feeling that. I remember feeling the side thrusters were deployed just in my cruise experience. I know when, I know that feeling, So, and I was wondering why that was the case. I'm like, are we in uh, Cozumel already? But no, that makes sense because we did a dock in Cancun to uh, get that person off the ship. I didn't hear anything about that after that. And then I did hear on the same cruise ship, the very next cruise, the Norwegian Pearl, they usually go on runs. They'll use the same ship for a lot of these crazy, wacky charter cruises. And uh, on the Norwegian Pearl, our country cruise was immediately followed up by what is called the Mad Decent Block Party, and which is almost like uh, it's an EDM, just all DJs and stuff like that, and somebody had jumped overboard. And that was probably just a drug-induced, you know— either suicide or cry for help or whatever it was, attempted cry for help that turned into a suicide. But, um, yeah, some of this crazy stuff happens on these cruises and uh, not cool. We did not have any uh, delays that were notable I guess whatever it was able to happen quick and we didn't we didn't notice any de- delays nobody was nobody was late so that didn't happen the alaska cruise sounds beautiful definitely want to do it one day i always say i would absolutely love it but you guys got to do a better job of convincing me everybody's got to convince me why if i got 8 days of freedom what is going to tear me away from the palm trees and the green water and the 80, 90 degree temperature? I don't know. I can't bring myself to do it. I also want to go to Nashville for a land vacation. I also want to go to New Orleans for a land vacation. But if I have two vacations a year, man, it's so hard to get me off of a just an a, an all-inclusive cruise. I don't know how to do it. Uh, what else did you cover? Um the basketball, I always say I'm going to play basketball on a cruise ship, and I just never do. I just never gravitate to it, you know, putting on the shoes, tying up the laces, getting my old, I, I could play, I could play hoops, I could play a little bit, you know, at least the last time I checked, I could, <laughs> but uh, I just never brought myself, never gravitated to it, to do it. I really want to, eventually. Um, if a game comes, if a game breaks out, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it, I just Hadn't done it. I did a Canada cruise too, as you mentioned. I uh, did one uh, to Halifax, I believe it was. Oh man, great, great. It wasn't a lot to do. We took a little tour around Canada. It wasn't a great, great cruise. It wasn't an all time cruise, but uh, I really, really did enjoy the lobster roll up there. Uh, that's awesome that you're going out of Galveston on the uh, Valor. Uh, I guess that's the ship that's there now. It was one of the Dream Class ships for a while. I guess they put the Valor in there now and the Getaway. Listen, I was on the I was on the Escape and it is a very very similar ship. I think the Escape is a little bit bigger, but that right now, that dethrones the Carnival Splendor as my favorite all time. It's not really a fair fight. The Splendor Car- the Splendor's an older cruise ship and it's you know, it's a mid mid to large size ship where the Escape is a mega ship, which is just unlike any experience they've ever had at sea. If you want a party, if you want to enjoy yourself a nightclub high energy type feel do not miss those spice h2o parties on the back of the ship whenever they do them they are a blast so enjoy that um yeah sucks the eastern caribbean is a little bit more desirable than the west caribbean is my opinion as well but like you said a cruise is a cruise bill thank you so much for listening i really really appreciate it tell your friends you know anybody who likes cruising check out the podcast all right moving on uh, hey Tommy, it's Andrea from Orlando. Remember Cruise Confidential? Yes, Cruise Confidential. Shira Andrea recommended the book, uh, and I re- I listened to it audiobook, and I really really enjoyed it and recommended it to you. Let me remind you guys about that an audio book called Cruise Confidential. If you want a bird's eye view and you want to never look at the crew the crew the same. Uh, Listen to or read that book, Cruise Confidential. Hey, do it while you're on a cruise. Why not? Uh, The guy bitching about you talking about Koreans, etc. is a snowflake. Even before you made the statements, you made the disclosure that you knew it wasn't PC but didn't really care. I agree this PC is way out of control. I'm about your age, and I can say that uh, if we had been so thin-skinned when we were younger, we would not be where we are today give me a break. Italians cook well, Japanese have a great work work ethic and the Jamaicans are good sprinters. These things are okay to say, right? So what's the difference? I cannot wait to hear what you decide to do about Miami. Have fun on the Freedom. This was my favorite ship until I went on the Escape. Although I thought the Escape had much better I thought the Escape had much better live music. The podcast keeps getting better and better. Keep it up. Andrea from Orlando. Andrea My old buddy, thank you, Andrea. I appreciate you listening, and I'm glad you're still listening so much. Now, I'll address a few things. We don't get political on this podcast. We don't try to get political at all. Uh, You know, uh, (laughs) you probably shouldn't read this on your podcast, although you can if you want to, but, Andrea, I don't care. I mean, it is what it is. Um, The guy bitching about you talking about Koreans is a snowflake. I don't, I don't knock you for using that term. I don't like to use those terms for me. It's not because I'm politically correct, because you just label people. Again, politically, we don't talk politics on the show. If you want a little bit of a hint, I consider myself in the middle, maybe leaning towards right a little bit more. I think it's ridiculous the parallel lines people have drawn against each other. I think it's absolutely insane that people are losing friendships over this, uh, despite what your beliefs are. I think it 's nuts that people in this in this climate that we 're in politically I, I just think it 's this. you know what You can have a hard line against immigration, you can have a hard line against abortion, you could think then you can be hard you could be a feminist, you could be all these things, but you know the fact the gun control, whatever. The fact that people are now losing their friendships because one person says they want to give Trump a chance, one person says he's Hitler reincarnated, all this stuff, my, That's that's been my whole. If I preach anything, it's like think what you want, believe what you want, but please, at the end of the day, all these people are going to have champagne in a room that you and I are never going to be allowed in. Bill Clinton... I'm sorry, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump at the end of the day and Barack Obama and George W. Bush, all of them. There is a relationship between them. They may hate each other. They may not like each other. They may whatever. But at the end of the day, they will be in a room together at some point. They will be at functions together. They will have glasses of champagne. They'll be sharing stories. It may be full of crap, and they be, but they will tolerate each other, they will live, then they will exist, and they will coexist, and basically, it's like, you know, lawyers that are, you know, one guy's defending a murderer, one guy's a prosecutor, those guys are having drinks together at some point, you know, baseball players, Yankee-Red Sox rivalry, we're going to war, we're getting fights in the stands, we're beating each other up in the stands over the Yankees and the Red Sox, you see these guys, they're at nightclubs together after the game, you know, politicians too, Policy, too. It's good to have an opinion. It's good to be engaged. But no matter what your opinion is, do not screw up your personal relationships over this crap. That's that's my take on it. Um, But, Andrea, I, I do. I do agree. You guys, you can tell I don't like to be politically correct. And I don't have a problem with the guy's email that sent to me that he was a little sensitive about it. All I did was say, you know, you're right to your opinion, but I'm going to keep doing what I do, and hopefully you guys understand it. Andrea, hope all is well, and thank you for the email, and uh, again, appreciate you uh, continuing to listen. All right, moving on. Hi, Tommy. Here are some past cruise tradition, traditions I remember that are different than usual flaming baked Alaska and midnight buffets most people cite. Let me clarify that I am only a couple of years older than you and have only cruised Princess albeit many cruises worldwide. My cru- first cruise was 25 years ago. I visited San Juan, St. Martin, St. Thomas, Princess Kays, and the cost per person was approximately 1900 for a one week cruise ocean view. Fast forward 25 years later, I can get the same cruise for half that price in today's dollars. Yes. The the included perks have diminished, but the value has increased more than exponentially. The cruise lines have tried to make it more mainstream than the past elitist perception. Having said that, I do miss caviar on the buffet, skeet shooting, clay pigeons off the aft deck, streamers at the sail away party, and driving real golf balls into the sea. Wow, I actually said that. And I didn't know if that was real or not. Of course, they'd have a heart attack about the golf balls and the environment. So you'd have to do some eco-friendly type, uh, you know, uh, degradable golf ball. But I thought, I can't believe that stuff really happened. I realize that many of these changes are for the better, simply reminiscing of a bygone era. I don't miss the annoying wine stewards that used to come to your table every night in the main dining room. They were not sommeliers, just dining room staff in a fancy outfit trying to upsell expensive wine. Just a few tidbits for your show. Keep up the good work. Yes, you do have a penchant for the written word and a sarcastic wit to your style. I have a media background. Keep blogging and putting your words to voice via podcast best darren darren is that the same darren did we go around twice with darren darren that's awesome man i appreciate it so darren if that's the same darren i'm not sure uh i'm assuming it is but i appreciate the other email darren um that's amazing i all that stuff went out let's go over that again so uh Caviar on the buffet, so they spared no expense. That's probably where where your extra expenses were coming from. Skeet shooting clay pigeons off the F deck. I do remember hearing about that. I didn't know that was such a mainstream thing. That's amazing that you got to skeet shoot off the back of the ship. Uh, Streamers at the sail away party. Yeah, that's some real old school Titanic-like style shit. That's cool, though. That would be awesome. Um, And then it makes you feel good. Like you're leaving all the people on land. You know, it's a little bit of sour grapes. You're like, yeah, you're landlocked. You better wave to me because I'm about to have the ultimate vacation of my life. And, yeah, maybe I just might tell you about it when I get back. But, you know, uh, what else? Uh, the golf balls into the sea, I thought that. I was like, maybe you should be able to do that. I didn't know that actually was a real thing. Um, I realized that many of the changes, the better bygone era, all that stuff. But, yeah, um, the uh, dining room, the st- they do the same thing now. But they do it with, like, the lemoncello, right? They come around. They try to get you to drink the lemoncello and upgrade shot or whatever, Limoncello. Um, but uh, I appreciate you saying that. So so for the blog, yeah, I'm going to keep blogging, and I will uh, read it aloud on uh, Cruise Flashes, but not all the Cruise Flashes will be blogs. Sometimes I'll just kind of riff off the top. Uh, again, you know, I appreciate you complimenting me on, you know, the, the wit and the... Uh, how did you put it? Uh, pension for the written word. Appreciate all that stuff. That's, that's that's what we're trying to do. You guys know I'm not a professional, uh, but I am doing my best, and ideally, we're going to keep it going. Um, wait a minute. Hold on. I wanted to go back to Andrea from Orlando. So she asked me about Miami, and she said, I cannot wait to hear what you decide about Miami. So, uh. Interesting, interesting topic. I told you about, you know, the possibility of uh, me going down to Miami. Um, the company that I work for is opening up a restaurant lounge nightclub in partnership with, yes, the Pitbull, Mr. 305, Mr. Worldwide. And uh, it was basically pretty much offered to me to go down there, and I did go down there to check it out. I saw the construction site, the build-out is coming along nice, and I spent a little time in Miami, had a couple of meetings with the powers that be, got to know the area a little bit better, South Beach. Here's, Here's an update on that. The update is really that there's very little to update about. The place is supposed to open in early May. I have not even had a conversation with uh, you know the, the, my boss about whether I'm definitely going there or not. So I, I'm kind of like back and forth. I'm like, all right, so did he uh, find somebody else for it? Or is there somebody else that's going to do it? Or is the project you know, is delayed or whatever? Um, I did some research. found out that, no, I, I, I guess what it is is I, I'm pretty much still slated. To be the person that's there. Now I don't know if I want to do it though. So it's like I think I'm slated to do it, but at the same time, we didn't there's still A, I still don't know if I want to do it. And B, I guess related to that, we haven't necessarily talked that many specifics. So uh you know, my boss is a very busy guy and he has you can imagine how busy he would be with, you know multiple dozen nightclubs and bars and restaurants throughout the country with more on the horizon, different deals, different partnerships with different people, real estate, this and that. So I get it. So we haven't necessarily had a chance to kind of think. He has a priority list, and it's probably uh, associated with a timetable, and the serious discussions about that haven't been uh, on the table. But from what I hear, in certain people's minds – I'm still, it's just an automatic thing that I'm going to Miami. Um, I wrote him an email. I wrote an email a few days ago. Interestingly enough, and you guys take this how you want to, and uh, I told him, drum roll, geographically, my preference was to stay in New York City. Um, now, that doesn't mean that I am still won't go. That doesn't mean that I'm not going. That doesn't mean that I'm not going to have news for you tomorrow, that I'm going to Miami. But uh, just coming back here, being back home, uh, family, friends, everything, I like the apartment, I like where I live. Right now, what I'll say is it's going to take, um, I don't know, a little bit more to get me to go to Miami now. And you can take that how you want. I'm not this hardline negotiator. I've never been a guy was like, you know, I'm not, I see certain people there. All about the money and the finances and squeezing every dollar of everything. That's not me. I'm more about life experience. I'm more about enjoying myself. Um, but I'm, I'm going to say that right now if you're talking – listen, the the, the the only problem is, is that where I am right now, the opportunity, the job that I have right now, this is a factor. It's not necessarily a, a hot spot. Let's just put it like that. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be around for a long time. Uh, it's not closing tomorrow. It's not anything like that. But – this is, from a professional standpoint, an opportunity to jump right into probably one of the top places in the country and be running some one of the top places in the country. And uh, immediate relevancy, immediate just, I mean, uh, you talk just money from bonuses, from just, you know, in action in, in business with Pitbull on Ocean Drive in Miami, South Beach. the the initial thought is how are you going to turn that down, especially if, you know, you're not necessarily in uh, a hot spot in New York City per se. You know, I got, you know, you get older and different things become important to you. You know, family, friends, geography, and uh, where you are, and, uh, you know, different things. You know, if this was I was 25 years old, I would probably say this is, I wouldn't probably, I would say this is a no-brainer. This opportunity is an off-the-charts opportunity. But again, you know, one man's apples is another man's oranges. Nobody ever said that. That doesn't make sense as a saying, and it does it's complete nonsense, but I think maybe you know what I mean. Um, so we're going to see. I think we're having a conversation in the next day or two. I wrote him an email saying geographically my preference would be to stay in New York. Uh, he may or may not have read that email. I probably gets 75 emails an hour, so I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, we still have to discuss this cruise that I'm taking in a couple of days. So that's on the table, too. And uh, we're still there. You know, we're still just deciding. And if I do go to Miami, uh, it's that's the other thing. We haven't spoken. So it's like, what am I supposed to do? With the cruise in the midst on the horizon and with me kind of having to pack up in a matter of weeks and get down there not ideal, you know, all that stuff is just not ideal. If I was going to do it, I would have loved a little bit more lead time and say goodbye to the friends and family, maybe soak in a little bit more, you know, just not this, you know, month long limbo thing. So again, uh, I don't knock anything. I know, you know, everybody, you know, I, I think I would love for things to move at the pace and the information that I want and need. I would love for it to be spoon fed and handed to me when I want it. But it doesn't always work like that, guys. It just doesn't always work like that. And you can complain, you can bitch, you can cry. Nobody's gonna listen. So, uh, to answer your question, uh, Andrea, that is uh, that that's the update on Miami. Uh, but you know, he did he, he did text me and say yesterday that we will speak in the next day or two about it. So we may come to uh, we may have an announcement to make very very shortly. Uh, but not to be over not to out- overshadow Darren's email Darren I really appreciate the email uh, or both emails if both of them are you and I'm assuming they are thanks again keep them coming Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com um, what else do I have here okay I have hello Tommy love your podcast quick question what is the cheapest option for parking near the cruise terminals in NYC Thanks Philip Philip I honestly, I'm reading this off the cuff. So I don't have that answer for you. I have to get that answer for you. The always be booked cruisers lounge on Facebook. That's where I'll put the answer. Uh, Only because I've never um, had to park New York City. In New York City, you don't drive. And uh, I live in New York City. So uh, anything I've either walked to the port from work or taken a cab to the port. So I do not know. If anybody does know that. Shoot me an email and I'll read it. And if I don't get that email, either way, if I get that email or not, I'll research it to confirm it. And, Philip, I will have that information for you. Philip wants to know, where is the cheapest parking option near the cruise terminal in New York City? And uh, that's pretty much it. Guys, I want to thank you so much for listening. It's been a little while. I started this, actually, to full disclosure. I did the news portion of this. Like four or five days ago. And then again, I just got hit in the face with a bunch of stuff at work and a bunch, you know, life just happens. And uh, I wasn't able to get to it uh, until a few days later. So this one came out a little bit later than I wanted to. But hopefully, you guys enjoyed it. Uh, keep listening. Tommy at always be booked is the email. Always be booked on Instagram, that damn freaking algorithm. Help me out with that. Give me some likes. Give me some follows on Instagram. Let's let that be the focus this week. And uh, what else? Always be booked Cruisers Lounge on Facebook. We will talk to you next time. Boat tricks, cones.
0: There's a place where the boat leaves from, it takes away. All of your big problems. You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean. But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from. Take one part sand, one part sea, and one part set of a nine hundred tree. And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot. And I know this is the place for me. Get away to where the boat leaves from, it takes away. I love your big problems You can worry, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leads Jimmy There's a perfectly good island somewhere We'll ride the boats and don't grab your coat You won't need it where we are going Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away, I love your big problems You could worry, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Pick me up Pick me up Pick me up Put me down To where the boat leads from it takes away. I look at big problems. You got worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean. But you gotta get away to where the boat leads from, so get away. To where the boat leads from it takes away. I look at big problems. You got worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean. But you gotta get away to where the boat wo- so get away. To where the boat leads from and takes away. I love your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the police from